Hello, everybody. Just a very quick one about Instagram. If you're on it, Meta, the parent company, is reducing the number of political posts visible to users on their feed. This is a real thing, not a hoax. So go to your Instagram profile, tap the three horizontal lines in the top right corner to open the settings tab, scroll down to what you see, click on content preferences, open political content, and turn on don't limit political content. That's an option. Otherwise, you won't see almost anything we post because we are deemed political. Please do that now or you won't even see the posts about our shows, our fun things. So if you want to see Guilty Feminist content and know when we're coming to a place near you, releasing a new podcast, do it now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I'm a feminist, but I have three items of clothing in my wardrobe that mean I have to stand up straight all day. (laughs) I have one dress which requires the assistance of two grown adults (laughs) to winch me into it. And I have a jumpsuit that requires gaffer tape for my breasts. (laughs) I am not prepared to give away any of them. I'll do something else for feminism. I'll raise money. (laughs) I'm a feminist, but... When an old friend told me that our teacher had hit on her whilst we were in high school, I was appalled that he had abused his position of power to try and get with a student. But I was also very jealous. (laughs) Why didn't he risk his job for me? (laughs) I'm feeling better about the dress I have to be winched into now. I'm a feminist but I secretly like the film Indecent Proposal, in which Robert Redford offers Demi Moore a million dollars to sleep with him, and in truth, I'd be happy to off him 50% off. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm a feminist, but I once said the sentence, what, you're a feminist, but you don't know the name Gloria Steinberg? <laughs> This game has peaked. I feel like there's no point ever doing another one. I'm a feminist, but I bought my nine-year-old niece what can only be described as stripper shoes because she really, really wanted them and I really, really wanted her to like me and tell people I was her favorite aunt. <laughs> I'm a feminist. But I didn't know what feminism was until I moved to England. Before that, I identified as an anti-feminist. Denmark is so far behind that we often mark Sweden because I guess they have too much respect for women <laughs> and minorities. And whenever someone says in England, oh, I thought that Denmark was very progressive, I have to say, no, you're thinking of Sweden. <laughs> And that is why I'm very, very proud that when I asked Deborah if we could do some live recordings of The Guilty Feminist in Denmark, she said yes, and here we are. So welcome to the show. Live from the Comedy Zoo in Copenhagen, the Spontaneity Shop presents The Guilty Feminist with Sophie Hagen and Deborah Francis White. And tonight's special guest, Sandy West, talking about tomboys. This is The Guilty Feminist, the podcast in which we explore our noble goals as 21st century feminists and our hypocrisies and insecurities which undermine them. Today's theme is tomboys, in which we explore the idea of the tomboy, the imposition of gender on children, the idea that if a girl does something that might be traditionally seen as something a boy would do, wear, play with, that she's somehow automatically a boy, the idea of gender binary. Mm. Soph, what do you think it means? Well, in Denmark, if I'm correct, the word for tomboy is drengepi, which means boy girl. So that is the most, like, that is exactly what it means. You're a boy girl. It's like, oh, yeah, so you're, yeah, you're not a real girl because you do the things that only boys do. It's actually made me question the English term tomboy because Tom is a boy's name. This girl doesn't fit in anywhere there. It's like, you're, you're a tomboy. It's, boy it's boy. like, we just don't think about it. It's just what we've always said, but it's odd. I, th I just assumed it came from somewhere. And it yeah. meant something. It, like Tom was Latin for... Uh, for girl. Uh, girl wearing... Girl wearing dungarees. Sneakers, yeah. yeah. Okay, um, so what is your challenge? I used, to, I used to say I was a tomboy, and I was so proud of it. But I tried... Like, I wasn't. Like, I would pretend to be into the things that the guys were into. I would go to gamer parties... Because I was like, oh, they're going to be so impressed that a woman is here. <laughs> and I would go in, they would all just be hugging their computers, going, what are you doing here? <laughs> what is you? And, but I'd be like, oh my God. And I, oh, maybe I'll, you know, maybe one of them will let me give them a hand job because I'm so cool. I'm at a gamer party. Oh my God. Oh, there's no other women here. <laughs> I'm so cool. I would learn the names of cars so that I could sound impressive. So I could go, Oh, really? That's your favorite car? Well, mine is a Bentley GT Continental, so... <laughs> to impress them that I knew that I don't know what their car is. Usually I describe cars as it's either red or black or green or... I, I was telling Deborah this and I thought my challenge should be like just my punishment for having been that as a teenager. So I had to watch a documentary about cars. 
and I regret everything I've ever done. <laughs> I couldn't even, I remember nothing. I remember nothing, I even forgot things that I thought I knew about cars. I could not care less about cars. I was so, I, I don't even know what it was called. I don't know what, it was on YouTube, it was an hour and a half. I, it, it felt like seven years. I was so bored, but uh, then, so I thought that was it. That was, that was, I was gonna talk about that documentary and that was gonna be my challenge, but then I got an offer to do a, uh, it's kind of small but a very nice TV show in Denmark where I have to talk about a television show. And they said, you can choose between Orange is the New Black or, I forgot the name of the other one, but it was about like mob stuff, like gangster stuff. The first thing I felt was, I should pick the gangster film because then I'll be this really cool woman who's like on TV, like talking about boy stuff. I'm 27. I'm the co-host of a feminist podcast. And I was like, oh, maybe the boys will be really impressed. But I talk about guns on the television. And I thought, you have to stop, just stop doing that. And I chose Orange is the New Black, because that's the, I watched that. And I was dreading having to watch this gangster mob show, and I thought, this is deeper within me than I, than I thought. So I feel like that was my second challenge. <laughs> I think I'm going to keep being challenged in this, and just having been aware of this was so important, because I think I do it a lot. I just, there's that voice in my head going, don't be that girl, which is bullshit. There is something to be said for a woman having a perspective on the gangster show, not thinking always men have to deconstruct the gangster show because we also have a viewpoint on the gangster show. So I kind of do also think there is merit in that, you going, yeah. I'm going to do the gangster show and but I'm going to say what I thought of it. That would have definitely been what I, how I would have excused it if I had picked the gangster show. <laughs> that is but the that wouldn't have been the reason. Right, fair enough, fair enough. Ladies and gentlemen, Sophie Hagen. Thank you very much. I think when I grew up, I didn't feel like I fit in with all these uh, beautiful, feminine women that I knew. And I felt, this was before I knew about the fact that masculinity and femininity is not a real thing, it shouldn't be a thing. So I felt quite wrong, which means that I now quite like it when really beautiful women who fit into this box uh, get hurt. <laughs> no, no, stay with me. And I think we all do, and here's why. One of my best friends, she's a model. Oh yeah? Whoop. Oh, you're cheering. Good. She walks for a living. That's not... <laughs> so obviously, when I first met her, I thought, oh, I can never be friends with this, this beautiful front cover of magazines woman. I can never be a friend with her. But I became friends with her because she told me this. This is how she opened. The first thing she said was, once when I was walking for Gucci in Paris. Uh, I was like, fuck off. Oh, go fuck yourself. But then she said this. It was her next sentence. She said, I was on the catwalk and I fell. <laughs> twice and then she said the most beautiful thing I've ever heard in my entire life she said you know it's on YouTube <gasps> wow that's the best thing ever and it is if you go to YouTube and you search for beautiful models falling down it's the first video <laughs> one minute and 46 seconds in that's her I swear to God she walks out and it just goes 
And then she gets back up like a hero, keeps walking, and then just... It feels so good. I watch it all the time. It has like 20,000 views. I'm 19,000 of them. It feels so good. I just feel like, oh, it's revenge. For all the years, I felt wrong. And where she probably felt right, that's what I used to think. Of course, I know she's a woman. She never feels right. But especially she's in the industry she's in. Of course, she doesn't. But I just, I can't help but just love it. Also, in my defense, she's a model, right? What do you have to do to be a model? You have to be able to walk. Right? You had one job, Michelle. And you failed. Twice. I think we can laugh at that. If you're also bad people, go and see this. I swear. And it's absolutely true. Beautiful models falling down. First video. Oh, there's a remix video. This is like amusing. It's like, wicker, 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 wicker. I made that. Your challenge? Well, my challenge was to do something tomboy uh, physical and we, again, we're not endorsing the word tomboy. We don't think that some genders are confined to some activities. But I was not somebody who was ever accused of being a tomboy as a child. My natural state was to eat cake and lie down. I was not <laughs> at all interested in... <laughs> I was... I was not at all interested in running around the garden. My sister would make me run around the garden. She had a game called Survivor, where we'd have to go outside and pretend we were on a desert island and we had nothing and we had to make our own things to survive. She now claims she was the original inventor of the, <laughs> the, the well-known reality show Survivor. She believes that she invented that and, and also the TV show Lost. Um, <laughs> so uh, I hated it. I didn't want to be outside in the dirt, in the mud. I was not interested at all. I was scared of lots of small animals that you'd find in the garden and just just wasn't my natural milieu. And I think I, because I wasn't really in touch with my body, would often avoid like the, just the running around games because I'd feel like that's a physical thing. And I was, because it is, I realise as I say. Um, and I went on this, I had to go on this corporate retreat once and they made us do these team build games and they made us climb a wall as a team to demonstrate that you need some people on the ground and some people on the wall and some people just shouting, you can do it. And so I offered to shout, you can do it, because I thought, that's my gig. And they said, no, no, you've got to climb the wall. But my luggage hadn't arrived. So I was wearing Russell and Bromley boots and a dress, and they made me climb a wall. And it was horrible. And then they tied us all together and blindfolded us and made us uh, find our way through the woods with just one person on the outside telling us where to go. And can I tell you, I in turn told them when to go. I was not having it at all. And they were like, they divided us into teams, said, you're the red team, you're the blue team. And I was like, but you just said I was red. Like, I'm not actually red. I'm not red team. But they were all so competitive going, yeah, we're red team, red team. And I was like, but how, you've just been told you're the red team. That's not a real thing. How do, how do you give a fuck? I couldn't understand it. So I have very little of either the desire to climb the wall and be the one that gets to the top or the one to say, rah, 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 we got the points. So 
the other day I was on this writer's residential retreat that a TV network had sent me on with some other writers. And we wanted to do some exercise after we'd had this very stimulating day doing workshops and it was all the headspace stuff. So I said, I've got a Pilates DVD and I'm really into Pilates. So I said to everyone, hey, I'm going to do Pilates in the drawing room. And there was this big sort of grand old drawing room with the fireplace. Would you like to come and do Pilates with me? And everyone said, yes, we would. And they came and did the Pilates with me. And it was all sort of like very controlled tummy crunches. Um, LAUGHTER and then uh, the other women weren't there. They had to go off and do something. So it was just me, one woman, and a bunch of guys. And the other woman went, I think we should go outside and run around and play bull and catch and all these things. And I was like, well, normally this is the point where I would leave. But I just thought, no, 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 I am Okay. So we went outside and we started playing bull. You know, with the game where you have to throw a ball close to another ball, which is normally the kind of thing that I just go, what is the fucking point? <laughs> But everyone was in such a good space. And the first go we had, I won. I was the closest to the bull. And I was like, oh my God, this has never happened before in my life that I've been the best at a sport thing. Wait, so I, I, is, the, is the sport about balls called ball? Bull. Yeah, it's like ball. French for ball, I think. Is oh, it? bull. Bull. Oh, okay, sorry. And so I had a couple of really good shots and everyone was really impressed. And I was really more surprised than anybody. And then... Obviously, the truth came out when I kept playing. They were just lucky first goes. And I was terrible. But then we had this thing at the end, which was a golden snitch. So they said, golden snitch, we'll throw the ball up. Everyone throw at the same time. Whoever's closest wins. And so I was on a team uh, with the other woman, and my ball was closest. So we won the whole thing, unfairly. And I was like, oh my god, I won. And then we started playing these games like catch, you know, where you run around stuck in the mud. Do you have this in Denmark, stuck in the mud? So I touch you. You have to stand still until someone crawls through your legs and frees you. What do you call this? Ah, Stolzhal. What do you call it? Stolzhal. Stolzhal? Stolzhal. 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 Stolzgold. Stand troll? Stand troll. You call it stand troll? Okay, so we were playing stand troll. And, uh, and a troll is something else in England. And, uh, you, and, so, and I was like crawling between people's legs. They were crawling between my legs, running around. And what was really interesting is that a lot of the guys who were like young, 20-something, looked very fit guys, were really puffing. A couple of the guys went, I'm going to have to sit down. I can't, I'm really unfit. I guess because I've been doing a lot of yoga, I thought, oh my God, I'm, I'm not puffing. I'm, I'm pretty fit. I'm fitter than some of these 22-year-old guys. And I was like, okay, they were 26, doesn't matter. And I was like, oh, oh. Oh, oh, I'm not hating this. I'm doing it. This is fun. I'm having fun. I, I'm just a little bit, just that little bit more in touch with my body and I'm happy to move it. I'm happy for someone to crawl through my legs. And you know what? I, in a good way. And I, and that night, some people stayed in their gym kit and some people got dressed to have dinner. And I, every time in my life, I would have gone up, got dressed for dinner, put some lipstick on, put some perfume on. And I did not. I stayed in my yoga kit and I'd been running around and I was probably, you know, a little bit stinky and sweaty. And I went for dinner with them. I'm not advocating this, but just for me, it was a, you know, thing. And then afterwards, we stayed up and we did karaoke. and We stayed up really late. And I just stayed in my gym kit the whole time. I felt earthy and physical and free and after I had done that I went to bed and went that was my challenge and that was the biggest thing is I wasn't even doing it as a challenge I did it because it was fun and it was a really big breakthrough for me I really like that our audience will applaud us if we don't shower 
That's what I'm That's taking right. from your challenge. Yeah, don't shower. That's no, really cool. I just didn't go upstairs and make myself all pretty. Do you know what I mean? I didn't yeah. go, oh, let me decorate the dinner table for you. I was just like, you know. <laughs> Oh, you know, oh, oh, you were like that. Oh, that. Oh, yeah, oh, good. <laughs> That's man for I don't give a shit about my oh. hygiene. <laughs> and it, and a lot of it was just I move my body three times a week, so my body, when I want to move it, goes. Oh, I know this. This is the thing where you you're not just sitting down. It recognizes movement, and it played with me. And I realized, oh my god, I'm so much fitter than some of these guys. And I was so pleased with myself. I didn't smuggle over them. I kept it to myself. They'll hear this. Yeah, I was about to say. They'll know. <laughs> you waited. Yeah, can't, so yeah. more people would hear. Exactly. <laughs> Godsons, what they wanted to do when they came to London. And they said, we want to see a football match. They were 11 and 13. They'd never been to live football because uh, that's, you know, they, they live in the country and that just wasn't really an option for them. So I was like, fine. So I said to my husband, who is also their godfather, um, the boys want to go and see some live football. Uh, will you take them? And he said, God, no. I would rather eat my own hair. <laughs> I've never been to the football. I don't want to go to the football. I don't like football. I'm not taking them to the football. And I said, but we've got to, the, you know, we're godparents, we've got a good conference. He said, I will do anything else, but I'm not taking them to the football. So I said, fine, I will take them to the football. And he said, great, I'll take their sister to a West End musical. <laughs> because we're not confined by gender binary norms in our house. <laughs> Now, I was a little nervous because, you know, they're still children. So I asked my friends who are 21-year-old guys to come because they go to the football all the time and I thought they know the form. Okay, so I said to the boys, will you come with me if I buy your tickets? I'll buy really good tickets if you'll come with me. And they said, yeah, sure we will. So I get there to the stadium with these two children and I get a text from the 21-year-old boys. Oh, we're running late because we're 21-year-old boys. <laughs> we're unreliable due to us being 21-year-old boys. If you didn't see it coming, you really should have. We're 21-year-old boys. <laughs> so I have to go into a stadium with 30,000 people with two children. And I make my way around the stadium. It's pretty scary. I don't know where I'm going. And finally, I find our seats. Now, I've bought really good seats because I don't want this to be a disappointing experience. I want to be a good godmother who everybody likes. <laughs> So I've got seats right down the front in the middle of the pitch. And I've been really clever. I've taken them to a friendly, so no fights will break out. But between two really good teams, Italy and Ireland, I think we're going to see some really good football. We get to the seats, and the whole bank is reserved. And I think, well, obviously, they're reserved for us. They're not reserved for us. An attendant comes along and goes, you can't sit there. And I said, oh, well, we've got tickets. He said, you can't sit there. I said, we've got the tickets. And he looked at them. He said, oh, yeah, you shouldn't have been sold these. You can't sit there. This does happen sometimes. You've been missold tickets. And I said, well, there's no one here. He said, yeah, there will be. These are the seats for the Italy side. This is where the Italian football team, who are not currently playing on the grass, will be. Because apparently they bring loads more footballers than is necessary for the match. I don't know why. It seems like a waste of money. But there's all these ones that aren't currently out there. So you can't sit there. And I thought, right, I don't know the form. This is why I wanted people who knew the form. So I thought, I'll just do what you do at the theatre, which is refuse to move. 
that I'm sorry, I, well, I've bought these with money, and look, as you can see there, and I, I, I'm fairly sure, because you do, you get posher in these situations, I find. <laughs> I'm fairly sure that I'm, oh, 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 oh. And the man just started going, get out of the way, get out of the way, you've just got to get out of the way. And I realised that he was right, because I looked up and there was the whole Italian football team running at us. And as I, tr I tried to get out of the way, and I tried to get the kids out of the way, but I couldn't. Suddenly we were absolutely surrounded on all sides by Italian football players. And they started singing the national anthem, and the children were getting further and further away from, from me. And they were probably only six feet away, but there were so many football players between me and them, and I couldn't see them anymore. And I was like, oh my God, this is how it happens. I'm someone else's children, I'm gonna get them killed before the football match has even begun. Oh my God, oh my God. And then I realized I was just surrounded by Italian football players. <laughs> now, I do not wish to be heteronormative because I believe we can all see the beauty in the statue of David. <laughs> the Italy football team <laughs> and there was there was another couple this had happened to who were in the same boat an Australian woman and a man with her who I also assume is Australian but he did not speak she ended up being crushed right here next to me and there were Italian football players just everywhere around, asphyxiating us, just everywhere around on each side. And she started going, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening to me. Oh my God, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening. Oh my God, oh my God. And I did look around and I did think, look, everyone has to die at some point. <laughs> by Italian football players has to be one of the better ways to go and then I remembered the boys and I looked over them, I was peeking over the heads and I could see them and I could I was trying to wave to them and thinking oh my god they're going to be terrified but I could just see the little faces they were just like because oh, they were literally touching men they'd seen on the television heroes of theirs I managed to get over to them and I looked down at their little faces and said are you all right and they went yeah is the football always like this? <laughs> Thank you very much. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. 
Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Undaria Algae Body Oil and Undaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A malibu.com, code GLOW. Sophie Hagen. Yeah, it's, it's hard in here, isn't it? <laughs> did you enjoy that story? I did. <laughs> did you enjoy that? Yeah, yeah. The Actually, so the weird thing was that the 21-year-old boys who did eventually turn up were so pissed off that they'd missed being crushed by Italian football players. <laughs> they were like, damn it, this sounds like the best story ever. Just beyond uh, time. I think that's what we're all taking from that. that beyond time, because you never know. You never know. Um, should we get our guest Should, I would love to get our guest. I know guest. she's opinionated about the topic. We're going to bring on Sandy West. And Sandy was headhunted by the biggest broadcasting company in Denmark, purely based on her being hilarious on Twitter. Today she has her own radio show. And she was once asked which album was her guilty pleasure. And she snapped and said, fuck guilt. I hear the music I want to hear. And that's why she's our guest. Please welcome to the stage, Sandy West. <laughs> Sandy, were you a tomboy? Would you call yourself a tomboy? Yes, I would. And I think I always strived to be a tomboy because it was really cool. <laughs> like everybody thought a tomboy was really cool and was something you should strive to be because they were just easy to be around and they liked playing in mud and playing football. And I did all these things and then I got older and... I got really angry because I was a tomboy and I was really proud of being a tomboy but no one should be put in a freaking box mm. like that because at the same time I didn't think I was pretty enough to be a girly girl. I think I felt that I was trapped in a box and I think it's a really condescending term tomboy because yeah. it's like you can try to be a boy because that's the best gender but you're never really going to be a boy, but nice try. <laughs> and it's really weird. Where does it come from, though? I read that the term is really, really old, and it dates, like, 500 years back. It was a term that was used in the same way as we use it today. You used it for girls who didn't fit into the role of, like, wearing dresses and, and liked mm. wearing makeup and all, those, all of those things, and girls who who were really opinionated. Yeah. That was a tomboy. How much do you think we impose on our children these gender stereotypes? I remember this one thing. I really wanted a big car, and I wanted those with the remote control. Mm. 
Yeah, what I got was a Barbie car mm. because I was a girl mm. and that was the natural thing to give me. Like, then you can put your dolls in it. And I was just like, I don't give a shit about my dolls. I want a remote control for my car. <laughs> was it pink? Of course. Oh, thank God. Yeah, so it was pink and I could fit all my Barbie luggage in, in it. And I was just, I liked it, but... I never got the remote control car and it still bothers me this day today because I think that if I would have been a boy at that time, I think I would have gotten something else. So I got something based on my gender and not on what I wanted. You know you can afford to buy your own remote control car now, don't you? I'm on it. Yeah. We could go after this. We could Seriously, just go and find... I looked at one yesterday. <laughs> Seriously, that's the great thing now. You know you can just go into a toy shop and go, I'll have one of those and one of those and one of those and one of those yeah. and just walk out with everything you ever wanted. Yeah. I'm pay, slightly pay tempted to do that. first and then walk out with them. Sure. Do not condone stealing toys. Sure. But I wonder if we should do that once a year. We should just go and buy toys that we couldn't have when we were kids and just go, I'm just going to have them and, and try I, I, those I, things. I do that with sweets and candy because that was like, <laughs> no, I do. And then if there's a kid who's like looking at me like, she's buying a lot of candy, I just buy more when I'm looking at him going, this could be you one day, kid. <laughs> I thought you were going to say I'd buy candy for the kid because no. I know what it was like. Not Are you to... trying to buy candy for another person's child? <laughs> It never goes down well. <laughs> I have more in my van. <laughs> it's not a good idea. <laughs> I was talking to uh, one of my friends who told me that he just had uh, like a niece and a nephew or something. He was going to go see them. And I said, remember, when you see the child, don't say to the boy, you know, what are you doing? And what are you... I mean, you can say that, but then don't say to the girl, oh, you look so pretty. Oh, you've grown so pretty. Look at the dress. Look at where. Like, ask her about the things she's doing and that she's passionate about and the activities she's doing. And, and he went, Oh, God, I've always done that. I've always said to the guy, Oh, you're out playing football. You're so cool. And then to the girl, yeah, yeah, You're wearing yeah. a pretty dress. Yeah. It's, it's like sometimes when I come to work and I work in a very nice place, I love my work. Um, <laughs> but if I go to work in my sweatpants, I know that I'll get comments. But I've seen that if the guys do it, no one really cares. And it really annoys me. Mm. There was an Australian um, morning television presenter, and he, to prove a point, wore exactly the same suit every day for a year on his Good Morning Breakfast show, and nobody noticed. <laughs> and at the end, he revealed, you know, I've been wearing this suit all year. And if, because his female colleague got so many comments all the time about the nuance of what she was wearing. And yesterday's skirt was too short. Today, she looks too dowdy. Yeah. And he said she was under a microscope and he did it to make a point. Yeah. And we do. We look at women and yeah, what yeah. they're wearing. And part of it is we have so much choice. There are so many different things that women can wear. And I sometimes think we limit men in a way. There is one way in which I would really hate to be a man. Like, I would love all the power and privilege, don't get me wrong. But I think they have very dull options for self-decoration. Yeah. Like, they have a T-shirt that they can wear casually and some trousers. And then in well, a business setting, they can wear... No, seriously, though. Yeah, but... They get flack for colouring outside the margins, but, I think. But in theory, they could wear everything that we're wearing. In society, they're not really allowed to. They'll get marked if a man wears a dress. But they could... They could wear all these things. And I've heard so many men say that they wish they could wear skirts in the summer because jeans are too hot or whatever. 
So, like, in theory, we can all wear whatever we want to wear. Absolutely, absolutely. But I'm saying they get flack for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even yeah. I was with a group of people recently. We were just all hanging out, and all the guys looked the same. They dressed jeans and T-shirts. And this one guy was really dapper. He had button-down shirts, ties, sort of little tweed jackets. He looked really cute. Like, he was really put together. And we would say to him, oh, I love the way you dress. You look so smart. And he'd go, yeah, I know, I dress like a twat. But I kind of got into it a few years ago when blah, blah, blah. And he'd have a big justification for why he wasn't wearing the bare minimum. And he'd have to self-deprecate and say, I know, I know, I look a bit silly because I dress up, but I just like it. And he'd have to explain his way through it. But in a business context, if a man walked into the room wearing a skirt... It would be remarked upon. Like, we're kind of giggling about it. Like, it's, it, it would be remarked upon. I can come in wearing trousers, and I look like a smart business person. A man comes into a meeting wearing anything except a business suit. Yeah. But I think it's, it's these boxes that we put people in that are really, really weird. I, I remember growing up, being a tomboy and striving to be it, I was just like... And never wanted to wear a skirt because I knew that if I went to kindergarten and wore a skirt, I would not live up to like the picture they had of me. Kindergarten, like when you were five. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was <laughs> the picture who had of you. Who had a picture of you when you were five? <laughs> a lot of people. Uh, <laughs> no, but it's just like the whole picture. Every like the guys. I wanted to be one of the guys in kindergarten, and if I wore a skirt. I think it was in my head and it was something I had built up. At this young age, it was really big for me. And I've worked in several uh, nurseries and kindergartens for years when I, was, uh, when I was a student. And it really starts at that age. Did you have lots of brothers, Sandy? No, not one. I had a sister. So you had just decided that you needed to fit in with the boys? Yeah. And that that was the dominant sex and that was the place to be? Yeah, but I was never one of the boys. I was a tomboy. Were you ever afraid of being... Do you know what I mean if I say that girl? Yeah. Yeah, yeah right? Like, yeah. that girl. And that's yeah, and the worst Oh, my God, thing. she thinks she's so cool. Oh, that was oh, when I was older. Oh, I was thinking about the... like oh, You'd sit with your boyfriend, guy friend, your, the Boy male friends. friends. <laughs> All your boyfriends. All of your boyfriends. Uh, <laughs> I wish that was it. Uh, <laughs> and they'd be like, oh, yeah, so Martin's girlfriend, she's always nagging him. And she just, well, he goes out and gets drunk and fucks a stripper. And she's like, nag, nag, nag. <laughs> And then you have to go, oh, yeah. oh what a, oh what a God, bitch. Yeah. What, I'm, I would never do that. Because yeah. you couldn't say, actually, that sounds like Martin did a really bad thing. Because yeah. then, yeah. then they'd go, oh, now you're nagging too. And that was such a big part of it for me. Like, I just didn't want to be the girl, the, the woman I saw on TV, like the wife in the sitcom who was always like, oh, you stop being silly. No, and it was, I, I, like, I spent so many years fitting into this box, so I didn't want to try to not fit into it because I spent so many years like being really good at being in this box <laughs> and being around the guys and being one of the guys so if I started to knack mm-hmm. I think that they would probably slowly have alienated me or at least I thought they would but that's really interesting yeah it sounds like you were gonna go but then I realized but there's a happy realized, ending yeah and this is a soap opera um, <laughs> I remember being so happy when, uh, no, so angry when I, I was part of like a, I felt, you know how, you know how women are so emotional, I felt all sorts of things. <laughs> I had like a, a group of guys and I, we were like all friends and it was, I felt so cool and all the other girls in the class wanted to hang out I was like, oh, I'm with my guy friends, I'm so cool. And then one of them told me he was in love with me and I was, it just broke this whole, this whole life that I, I was like, no, you don't, like you don't understand, like I'm in this 
group because I'm one of you. You can't suddenly treat me like the girl and be like, that's not how this works. I'm one of, and then I just felt like, oh, to me, to you, I've always been, I've always just been the girl. Mm. I think I've got a lot of male friends and that is because people generally do not fall in love with me. Um, (laughs) No, not in a bad way. It's just, I never had a boy at school say he liked me. So what you're saying about I didn't want to be the one to nag or I didn't want to be the one to in some way make myself that girl, I've never experienced that. It's like completely outside of my experience. I think I've always argued with men and I don't know if that's the reason why boys never declared their love for me because they thought I would argue them out of it. Um, But I certainly relate to gender norms, but I am now wondering how much I feel those gender norms are imposed upon me by society, by women, and by men. And I actually think I've probably picked up more of my cues as to what I should do from women than I have from men. It's not in relief. It's not like, so guys will like me. It's so I fit into this tribe. It's so that other girls think I'm dressed right and I say the right thing and I fit in. I think I get a lot more anxiety about other women not liking me than I do about other men not liking me. Like, the whole reason I do this podcast is Sophie asked me, and I was too scared to say no. No, that's not true. That's not true. That's not true. Do we have any questions from the audience about gender norms or the old-fashioned term tomboy? I have a question. Have you ever heard about people not telling their friends what gender their child is? So they're oh, just yeah. birth and they're like, this is my child. And then... And then what know. people have to guess as a party game? No, but that, that's not... <laughs> no, but the whole, the whole point, point is, is it's, um, it's not why either. do you ask? Because the gender isn't relevant. What, why? Is that because you want to buy it something blue? Is that why? God, then, this is a really hostile baby shower. <laughs> I would, I would find that an awkward moment because that's the th- it's the tradition of it's a boy or it's a girl when the baby's born. What are you going to say? It doesn't matter. It's, I was having a I joke mean, with someone the other day about I, saying that eventually we won't name our children. We'll just give them the at symbol, like the Twitter handle, yes. and they can fill that in when they're ready. So all children will be called at until they're old enough to decide what gender they are, what name they want, how they operate in the world. At some point, hopefully it won't matter. I don't know, no, Sandy? that's exactly like, I think you can say it's a boy, it's a girl. I think I would do that because I have friends who I believe like wouldn't buy something blue or something pink or something mm-hmm. like, I don't get it why you shouldn't say it's a boy or a girl. I think it's, I, I, think, think, I, think, I don't think it's a problem if the child decides that it's not that or if it finds out it's not that gender. If everyone was just cool about that, yeah. then I, th- I think we're all just guessing here, but I think that would be okay. Yeah. <laughs> I we think the I mean, reason really... we focus on whether it's a boy or a girl is we literally know nothing else about it. Like, it's not interesting <laughs> in any other way. Yeah. Like, like <laughs> it's its only thing. It's like, it has a penis. It's, it's literally the only thing we know about it. It's not like, what are its interests? <laughs> I don't, does it have a blog? I mean, at, at 
that point, it literally has nothing else to recommend it. It's, it's like, so there's a lot of standing around. That would be so around. overwhelming to have a baby who already has a blog and a yeah. Twitter account and a Facebook yeah. and a lot of friends. It probably it's like it has an Instagram account because of all the photos we took of it before it came out. And like, it's like, it doesn't have anything else. It's like, and there's a lot of sitting around drinking tea because the mother can't move because there's got a baby stuck to her. So there's a lot of time to chat. And literally the only thing we know about this thing is that it has a vagina or a penis. So we focus on it. But I specifically will not give pink or blue presents or t-shirts. Um, I saw a baby recently in a t-shirt, which I was, it was a boy baby. And I, I knew this because it had a t-shirt that said, lock up your daughters. And I was like, wow. it's a sexual offender. Um, and, and I knew. We don't know if it's a boy or a girl, but he will definitely touch someone. And, 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 and I knew that this had been bought for the parents by some cheeky uncle, basically saying, your little boy's a heartbreaker. He's going to grow up to you know, break all the girls' hearts. Oh, my God. And I knew that the intention hadn't been to imply that this child was a, going to be at some point a sex offender but at the same time I was like it's interesting what we're putting our girls in yeah but it's not that we focus on the gender it's how we focus on it mm. Mm. I would be really really sad that if I had a boy and all my friends went out and bought blue but I still want to be able to say it's a boy and then I would think that my friends wouldn't like be so old-fashioned I had a French friend and she said, I said, what do you want me to buy for the baby? She said, black polonix. She said, I always like a black polonix and I do not see why this is just because there's a baby. She does not have to be in pink. She can be chic. Um, so we all had to buy a black polonix. I was like, cool. Did you see those baby grows recently? They had to take them out of the stores because the girl, the boy baby grows said super boy or superhero or something. And the girl baby grows said, I hate my thighs. Oh yeah. my God. And it yeah. was a joke about how babies have fat thighs. But can you imagine putting like a little six month old baby in an I hate my thighs? She, she's broken before she's had a chance <laughs> to begin. The first thing I wore, didn't even say I'm daddy's little princess, fuck you. It said, I hate my thighs. And they did apologize and take them down. They said, oh, it was meant to be an ironic joke. Yeah, well, you left off the irony. <laughs> Hashtag not ironic. So did you have anything? Where can people find you? Do you have anything you want to plug? I have a great Twitter account uh, <laughs> at Sandy Vest. And then I have my own show every Saturday on Pissu Mix here in Denmark um, from uh, 12 to 2. If, and if you can't hear that in other parts of the world, can they just hear like just regular songs of YouTube and then imagine you talking? You can always do that. Just imagine <laughs> me. It's really weird now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can do that. We'll edit in some bits of you saying, fuck the gender normative system, and then they can just hear, like, ABBA. Yeah, <laughs> please do. Do you uh, have anything you want to plug, Deborah? Mm. Uh, yes, uh, my Twitter account is at Deborah, D-E-B-O-R-A-H-F-W. I also have a new podcast, which is a comedy panel show, which is about cultural diversity. And Sophie Hagen's going to be on that soon. Whoop, whoop. So, And you can hear that wherever you are in the world. Uh, it's very inclusive in every way. And it's called Global Pillage. And if you want to know more about it, you can go to globalpillage.net. Sophie Hagen, do you have anything to plug? Oh, funny you should ask. I am, 
I am going on tour from October and I'll be all over England. I will be some places in Europe possibly and definitely back in Denmark next February with my new show called Shimmer Shatter. And I'm also bringing that to Edinburgh, the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, all of August. And all the information will be on sophiehagen.com. Also, oh my God, our Facebook group. We plugged, the last show we did, we plugged our amazing Facebook group and I think half the room joined. <laughs> I've just been accepting It would be great if even more of this room joined. That would make this room a better room than the last room. <laughs> if this room would like to be as good or better, oh, people are getting out their phones right away. Look at the competition. Amazing. The competition is on. It's um, absolutely, I'm so proud. I'm proud of the podcast, but I'm so proud of the group. I didn't think mm. that was going to be a thing, but people are discussing all these issues and people are revealing stuff from their lives and people are being so supportive. And I honestly think if we start the podcast, that group would continue because people are really yeah. supportive to each other. They're putting out all sorts of problems and questions and answers. And Yeah, it's called the Guilty Feminist Podcast. It's on Facebook. We're also on Twitter at Guilt Pod. We're also on Instagram at The Guilty Feminist, and uh, you should all go to iTunes and give us a five-star rating. Or the rating no, you think the show it. deserves. Deborah. Up to you. Deborah, you're underselling us. Do Ge- go and give it a five-star rating. Uh, thank you so much, Sandy West, for coming. Yay. Woo. You have been listening to The Guilty Feminist with Sophie Hagen. Deborah Francis White and our special guest Sandy West. The producer was Tom Selitsky for the Spontaneity Shop. The recording engineer was Siri Bond Anderson. Music was by Mark Hodge. Thanks to everyone at the Comedy Zoo as well as all of you for listening. More information about this and other episodes visit www.feminist.com. Do go and give it a five-star rating, no matter what you think. Or the rating of your choice. I didn't know that was you. I was like, God. <laughs> that would be so, such a shitty way to find out God exists. It's just like, give it a three-star rating. What? <laughs> you piece of shit. <laughs> Please don't call God a piece of shit. I personally am an atheist, but I like to hedge my bets about going, you piece of shit, to the sky. <laughs> Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Undaria Algae Body Oil and Undaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. 
Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.